Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at Seven Grand in downtown Los Angeles, we have these guys right here. Michael Myers. Me. And Philip Raleigh. That's me. From 291. <laughs> That's Colorado whiskey, babies. It's a tiny little distillery and it's made out of photo tin. Uh, photogravures. What he said. Yeah, those. <laughs> One of the most interesting stories of a still that I've ever heard before. Crazily named for the first photo gallery ever in the history of America. Uh, of the world. Really? I'm sure they had one Alf- in Italy. <laughs> we can't have this conversation right now. 291. 291. Whiskey from Colorado. Tell your friends, check out the podcast, and tell your friends who want to learn more about spirits about the Spirit Guide Society podcast. We have a lot of fun. Did you guys have fun? We did. It was a great time. had a great time. Right. I hate hanging out with you. Hate it's horrible. <laughs> Terrible. Hanging out with me. Life is so Damn. rough. It could be rough. Always remember to enjoy this podcast responsibly. That means don't get wasted and start yelling at the walls, making your neighbors mad at you. That's not responsible. That's called being a vecino malo. What he said. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's great to have you. And if you guys don't know about 291, you maybe do know that we like to champion the kind of craft distilling movement here in the United States. And these guys are a rising star in Colorado. So we're drinking Colorado whiskey tonight and we're gonna get into it. So- Thank you. We just opened up a seven grand out in Denver. Yeah, And Philip actually, you came in and you were the first whiskey society that we held out there. You helped us like kick it off. And when you start a bar in a new city, it's really important to make friends and (laughs) You guys were someone that we could partner with right away right. and uh, you know start to get a feel for the whiskey lovers of Denver. So thank you for that. Thank and you. How long have you guys actually been in business now? I know you've been out here for two years, mm-hmm. but when did you almost, actually get started? Almost eight years. Eight years. Yeah. And so. uh, when did you first start? You started the, the stills eight years ago, but when was your first spirit ready? Uh, so. 20, well, I uh, bottled White Dog and 291 Fresh. So um, that was January. 291 Fresh is what you yeah, call it? Yeah, 291 like Fresh Whiskey. or something. Yeah. It's fresh. <laughs> it's, a, it's an American white spirit take place of vodka, rum, or tequila. I like that so, idea. Yeah, so um, those bottles first sold in 2012, January 2012. So, and then my first aged was uh, somewhere around June 2012. And so. what made you want to get into the whiskey world? I mean, there's a lot of good whiskey here in America. You gotta know that you're entering into a very competitive market. What was your inspiration? Uh, an article, actually. Uh, I was a fashion beauty photographer in New York. Uh, actually, I started in LA, moved to New York, and um, 9-11 changed my life. I lived three blocks from the World Trade Center, was on Duane and Greenwich when the first plane flew over, and moved to Colorado where my wife at the time parents lived and uh, commuted and then was uh, fin- had done a Vanity Fair shoot in New York in 2010 and was looking for something else to do and read an article about uh, the guy that created Hendrix Gin and Sailor Jerry and thought, I can make whiskey. I'm from Georgia. They make it in the woods. It can't be that hard. <laughs> and, and several um, explosions later. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, but... Um, uh, Yeah, so, um, and then uh, read everything I could about it and never brewed beer or distilled and um, built my own still. 
My still is built out of photogravure plates, so a flat copper plate, you chemically etch an image, ink the plate, put a piece of paper with it, run it through a press, and you get an inked photograph. So I have seven plates, it's a 45 gallon still, and all my whiskey still goes across it. Um, oh, so, so your it's whiskey a tastes keg. like pictures? Exactly. <laughs> no, it tastes like <laughs> copper, like everybody's whiskey tastes like copper. <laughs> Um, the, the images are different ones, and they're very important in my life. One of them is the California desert. Um, I used to shoot a lot of images out there, landscapes and stuff. Um, one of them is the Chrysler building, and that's actually in the column of the, whisk, uh, of the still, reversed onto the inside. And I have pictures I can show you guys. And then um, there's a Cactus from uh, Arizona, there's a bridge uh, support from Savannah where I went to college. Um, so uh, That's a very creative still. Yeah, it is. And, and 291 comes from Savannah College of Art and Design for me. That's uh, what the 291 stands for? Because that was going to be, I was going to segue that way. But I had other questions <laughs> Sorry, before I got yeah, well, <laughs> um, But 291 was the very first photo gallery ever in the world in New York City, and my dorm room in college was 291 when I was a photo major. I learned about that. And then when I built the still out of photogravure plates, 291 seemed like a good name. That's a beautiful story, I love it. Thank you. I love it, so how big is that photo copper still? Uh, it stands about this tall. So when I can, started- Can you hug it with both arms? Yeah, I couldn't get all the way around 250 it. 250 gallons? No, it's uh, 45 gallons. 45 gallons. And I hopefully you have other stills working now I do as well. now. Okay. So um, when I started, uh, I, I three times pot distill. My first one was a 55-gallon stainless drum for my stripping. Um, I stripped all the batches and then combined them into the copper still and uh, the 45-gallon and it goes up and runs through a, th a thump keg that was made out of a barrel and, um, and then finishes. Um, now I have a 300 gallon still and the thump keg is the original still. Okay, so for people who might be thinking about if you've never been to, or if you've never been to a craft distillery before, you have no sense of like what it means, those different sizes of still, that 300 gallon still, how many days does it take you to make one barrel of whiskey? And I'm talking a standard 52, 53 gallon barrel. Um, so in, in a day on that still, we get uh, two barrels out of it. So, and that's running an eight hour shift or a 16 hour shift? Um, no, that's running a, a, about an 11 hour shift. Um, so one run. So, but before that, we mash in for a day, then it ferments for five and then we strip, that takes a day, and then we finish for a Thanks, day. Stephanie. And that is your, your second distillation? Uh, uh, second into our third. Okay, so you are triple distilling yes. this whiskey? Yes. So what is this first whiskey that we're gonna try tonight? So we have Michael's uh, bourbon mash build here. So this is actually his second uh, recipe. Um, rye is our flagship, but we're gonna start with a flavor profile here with our bourbon. It's 80% uh, corn, 19% um, malted rye, and 1% malted barley. Um, and what we do at our distillery is we actually age in 10 gallon virgin American white oak barrels. Um, it's something unique that Michael designed. And then uh, the last three weeks of the process, we Aspen Stave finish it. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna get some really unique Colorado notes in there with that Aspen Stave. Yeah, so 
this is not your Kentucky bourbon. It is definitely different, very Colorado for me. Um, I didn't want to make a Kentucky bourbon because I don't live in K Kentucky. So I make a Colorado whiskey. Something totally unique. But let's back it up a little bit here. When you, you guys just said malted rye. Now, normally when you talk about a standard uh, American bourbon mash bill, you're using rye as a flavor grain often, or wheat, usually not both, but it's usually just rye, unmalted rye. You guys are using malted rye. What was the choice behind that? <laughs> so uh, the first mash I did, I um, got 80 pounds of corn from, uh, or 50 pounds of corn from a brewery, and um, it was a Saturday, and um, I didn't have any rye or anything, so I went down to the local brew shop and. They had malted rye, I'm like, sure. And so um, that was my first mash bill and I really liked the flavor of it. And um, so everything gets malted rye. But to put that in perspective, it's a much more expensive grain. The malting process obviously is more expensive than just, yeah, he's like nodding his head. He's like, I really screwed up. I should have planned ahead. No, it's cool. But if you like the flavor, you like the flavor. And if you're a craft distiller, you, it's really important to be able to find a way to get onto the liquor store shelves that is going to be different because you can't really compete with the Louisville big boys because they are producing awesome whiskey at a super low cost because they have massive stills right. and they've been doing it forever. They've got rail cars of grain. Yeah, yeah. they they've really <laughs> yeah. put you guys at a disadvantage because you're so small. Like if you can't crank out more than a couple barrels a day and they can spill two barrels a day on the ground and not even blink right. an eye, yeah. you know? So it's 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 a big deal. So you have to create a unique uh, flavor profile to try to get into the market. So the malted rye is an aspect of that, and then you were talking about these 10-gallon uncharred no, oak charred. barrels. They're oh, charred? charred. They're yeah. charred. Okay. But they're virgin American white oak for both our bourbon okay. and our rye, which is really unique. But the Aspen Stave uh, product is something that Michael uh, really made hit the market there with that. Okay, so before we taste it, I want to talk about that because that's very specific. So different kinds of oak, all right? That's when we talk about American whiskey specifically, all of the color and most of the flavor is coming from the maturation. You've got your fermentation, which, you know, long fermentation makes for, you know, richer, fruitier flavors. You've got your distillation, so different types of stills can create a different flavor profile. But in American whiskey especially, it's about that maturation. Where are you aging your whiskey? And in this case, you guys are putting aspen staves. Now, is that aspen oak or is that, what is aspen? Can you explain what kind of wood that is compared to like uh, American white oak or European oak? Sure, so aspen is not an oak. It's a, I think it's poplar. Um, so it's, it's an aspen tree. Um, it's actually the largest organism in the world. Um, is an aspen grove in, in Aspen, Colorado. Um, so it, it sprouts out and grows more um, from the roots and the trees come up. That is it's pretty crazy. amazing. So you consider it a single organism because the, it's, a, it's a, a root system that's connected. Correct. That's so. really interesting. And what are the flavor notes that we can look for that are coming from that aspen poplar? So for me, uh, it, it shifts the caramel notes a little more to the maple and it adds a little more spice. And then the smokiness is very Colorado. If you've ever been to Colorado and been around a campfire, 
Um, you can smell that in our whiskeys. It's funny because when I was in Colorado, I smelled a lot of herb. It's maybe it's legal <laughs> there. Yeah. I was like, I you guys ever been to Telluride? It's like, whoa, smoky here. And they're like, that's not fog. <laughs> cool started, bandana, bro. <laughs> yes. Everybody's your buddy. Are the states going in at the beginning of the maturation process, or is it something? No, at the at the end. At the so, end. So are you submerging them into the actual barrel? Yes. Okay, for how long? Uh, about three weeks. About three weeks. Okay, yeah. so. Really short, quick, short, short, quick. Short. Right. And that's probably because I'm guessing that the poplar itself doesn't make a great barrel. A lot of times if they're using staves it's because American oak is specifically in incredible wood for making barrels. And you can make wood out of you can make barrels out of a lot of kinds of wood, but if they're not very right, they might leak. They, they might, probably yep. will leak. Yeah. It's, it's a very special wood that makes a good barrel. Uh, somebody had a hand up. Yeah, I see him. Is malting rye uh, the, the same process as malting barley? Yes. So malting is sprouting the grain and then drying it at a certain point. Um, sprouting the grain causes enzymes to be created, um, and those enzymes break down starch into sugar. Once you wet the, the grain, it'll start to sprout, and once that sprout gets to be about a quarter inch long, then you consider it malted. You don't want it to sprout too far because that green flavor can kind of take over also from a, you know, someone who works on the malting floor where they're getting the, the sprouts to germinate. Uh, they get, the tendrils themselves can get too long and start to tie themselves up, which if you're the person raking that, you don't want that. You just want to get those live enzymes to start to make a more complex flavor in your fermentation that'll make a richer distillate. You're giving it false hope, essentially. You're going to be like, oh, how much water you can get real big and tall. Yep, Just no. kidding, I'm going to freeze you. Um, <laughs> you know, Dry you out, so kill, that. kill the sprout. <laughs> wow, guys, this whiskey making so, so sad. <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this together. Uh, so remember, you know, if, if you're not someone who's, you know, I'm not a whiskey connoisseur, I don't know how to smell whiskey. It's all right, that's what we're here for. There's no wrong answers. This is a place where you can get a deeper sense of your own ability to smell and taste. So stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. If you stick your nose in the glass with your mouth shut and you just take a big snort of air, and in this case, alcohol vapor, you might be like, I smell fire. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong, but you know, most people don't like to smell fire. So slow it down, take your time with it. Lauren's like, I love smelling fire. <laughs> you just like castrated, dear. And that's, that's coming why up. We love we're, we're, we're getting there. This we're is 100 proof. So our single barrel always comes out at 100 proof. Um, so it's it's bold. It's Colorado whiskey. Mike wanted to capture the allure and folk folklore, you know, of the of the West. And so our whiskeys are really unapologetic uh, in Michael's words. All right. So Philip, walk us through this a little bit and, and tell us how to identify this Aspen. No, in here. Um, for me, I think the first thing that uh, about our bourbon that you're gonna taste for me personally is uh, the sweet notes. You're gonna smell a little bit of that spice in the front. You're gonna get uh, almost like bananas, fosters, deep, deep burnt brown sugars, and then right at the end, those pipe tobaccos and cherries and oily mouthfeel comes in. And I think that the Aspen really starts to pull those uh, mouthfeels and a little bit of that spice coming in from the malted rye. So nope, now, yeah, tap some over your tongue and take note of the structure of it because most of the time when you're drinking whiskey is coming out of a 53-gallon barrel. That has a certain ratio of oak to distillate and your mouth gets really acutely aware of that kind of structure. So when you're drinking whiskey out of a 10-gallon barrel, the texture is going to change. And 
we, you might be like, I don't know what you mean, Pedro, but you do because nine times out of 10, when you ask someone, what do you think about this whiskey? What do they say? I like it, it's smooth, okay? Smooth is not a flavor, guys, it's a texture. So we underestimate how important texture is to us on our tongue. So what happens as you tap this over your tongue? What's the experience? Is this whiskey oilier or is it drier? What is it, does it have a sticky? What is the texture on your, what's the mouthfeel, you know? What's the architecture of it? How does it compare to the whiskeys that you usually drink? It moves very well across the palate. So it stays in the front and it's almost spicy, but by the time it makes it to the back of your mouth, it's sweeter again. So I would say it's definitely an oilier feel than a drier one. It stays really well-rounded in your mouth for a long yeah. time. Awesome. Pink, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely getting that oiliness for sure, but I'm getting a heavy char. And I get this like cool, like what's that, uh, that abuelita, the, the Mexican chocolate oh, that you can make. Chocolate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of that chocolate <laughs> with like almond and cinnamon in it. Yep, the, the rye definitely brings in a lot of that baking spice. Yeah, a little mole. Um, mm -hmm. It yeah. could totally be a mole. That's beautiful. So if I was going to buy a bottle of this from my home bar, Philip, do you know what's going to run me in my local liquor store here in so, L.A.? Yeah, in L.A., the suggested retail is generally around $75.99, but it can go up or down depending. Um, I know that like bottles uh, and bitters in South San Francisco, they ship um, from their website, um, and they have a really great price of like $69.99. So it's just going to depend on your market and where you're living. Okay. Yeah. So between 65 and 75 bucks. Yeah, probably. right around yeah. there. Wow, beautiful stuff. And, Thank you. Uh, how much are you, of this are you going to release this year? Um, how much of all our whiskey or well, bourbon? Just, bourbon. Yeah, your um, bourbon. How much are you able to put out of this we're bourbon? Probably, um, probably about two. 2,000 nine-liter cases. 2,000? <laughs> yeah. About that. Wow. So Not a lot. Very, very small brand yeah. at this point. Oh, you guys yeah, are tiny. Still very, very <laughs> tiny. In a growth state. So, Philip, what's the second whiskey that Stephanie just passed around to everyone here? So this is going to be the exact same thing uh, that you just had. So the same mash build. It's our bourbon mash build, except for uh, it's at barrel proof. So every time uh, our barrel proofs are going to be slightly different. Um, can I see the bottle real quick? Um, yeah, so then that way I can let you know what it is. So today you're drinking 126.3 proof. Oh, um, that's nothing. You know, nothing. <laughs> nothing I there. drink that for breakfast. <laughs> it's true. Check it out. <laughs> I think um, Michael um, hand signs all of our barrel proof uh, products because that's the way that he intended to drink them uh, and be enjoyed. And uh, like his saying I said earlier was, it's unapologetic but to me this is gonna drink so much smoother than that single barrel um, I think a lot of those flavors that we were talking about they're just gonna uh, jump on your tongue I feel that oily mouth is a little bit better I like to call our barrel proofs whiskey ruiners because <laughs> once you have that mouth feel um, those flavors are just uh, deep deep cherries tobaccos it just uh, enhances everything at barrel proof uh, definitely getting that red fruit character on the nose. For me, I smell those those dark cherries. To me, a lot of the um, a lot of the char kind of went away in this one, um, and that can just be the barrel. Um, they are literally um, somewhere around sixty bottles of that one barrel that we're tasting right now, and so every barrel, even the same batch. So when we do a batch, we fill about twelve barrels out of that batch. Um, actually, we've moved to twenty-four. So our white dog, we marry two finish runs together and we fill about 24 barrels with that. 
and every one of those barrels are completely different. Still Colorado, still 291 Colorado whiskey, but different. Um, they, the barrels really, the oak changes them a lot. Yeah, Z. What's, what's, what's the meaning of the 1% <laughs> barley? I love this question, by the way. I'm so glad that you so, asked that. Um, so when I did the 80 uh, or 50%, um, I mean 50 pounds of corn and malted rye. Like an extra bag when they sold you the malted um, rye? No. So I, I, ha I had made it, and I had a friend that was a bartender, Nate Windham, and he, we were tasting my whiskeys and stuff. And early on, and I, I just didn't really know what malt barley was about in whiskey, but everybody used it, and except for that I knew it helped um, the uh, changing the sugar or the starch to sugar because of the malt. And um, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna experiment because it might just help it. And so I put a percent in, and what it did is with the white whiskey, you taste it more than in this. It just kind of put a period at the end of, of the finish. It just kind of stopped, you know, in a good way, the whiskey. And I'm like, okay, that works. And that's where, how I ended up there. Beautiful stuff. So stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you guys getting on this barrel strength? 291 bourbon from Colorado. 99% shot. Wow. Yeah. Your nose is amazing. If you can break it down to percentiles, you should take my job, please. Wow. What are you guys getting? Cherries. Cherries? Yeah, yeah. What else? Cherries and chocolate. That's not bad. Right? No one's going to you know, kick cherries and chocolate out of the room. I think that's damn good. Thank you. My yes. favorite part, at, uh, like when we're doing uh, big tasting tables at events, uh, a lot of people will come up and say, well, what's your favorite? And I'm like, well, the barrel proof is my favorite, and I'll pour it, and I don't even talk about the proof. I just say barrel proof. And they're drinking it, and they're like, well, what is that? And, you know, like Michael said, we can see them as high as 130 proof, mm. and their jaws drop, and they're like, And then that's their pants drop, and then they well, drop on know. the floor. And... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's, that's after a bottle. Yeah, that's after. <laughs> But I think it's really fun, uh, especially having them side by side right now and, and ending at that barrel-proof bourbon where, where it lies in your mouth and the different feels. And uh, it's a really fun, fun bourbon. So yeah. I guys, started in a oh, space smaller than this, 300 square feet, and could make 60 gallons a month. I was in there for two and a half years. Oh and uh, so I built a, or I bought a steam unit, a home you know, for your steam shower. And so the first time I turned it on, every, I cooked everything, and I actually had done some cooking at home, and, but it wasn't whiskey yet or beer. So I had the still, and I was turning it on, hit the button for the steam unit to come on. Everything got hot, sat down, started doing some notes and stuff like that, thinking it was going to run for 12 hours here. About an hour later, it goes click, and I'm like, what just happened? I go over there, everything's hot. like touch the button, turn it on again, it comes back on. I'm like, great, go back over here. Hour later, it goes off. I'm like, damn, an automatic off button on the home steam unit. So every, every distillation for two and a half, every cooking, every distillation for two and a half years, I had to reset that button every 45 minutes. <laughs> so, I, so I'd run out to sell whiskey, I'd go to an account, sell whiskey, come back, hit the button. Go to home, cook dinner, come back, hit the button, go home, eat dinner. I'm, I'm dead serious. I did it forever. And it was. Robotic mechanic. 
I've got two words for you. <laughs> Duct tape. Yeah. Okay. No, it, it's one of those flat buttons. It wasn't a. It wasn't that. So yeah, but that's a funny story. But yeah. We have a saying at our distillery. It's uh, hard made the Colorado way. Um, we we really do everything um, very intentionally, and it, it all goes back to even that story. Um, the bottles um, are done on a letter press um, uh, in Colorado Springs. Um, the bottles have a story back to Michael's childhood, the way that they're corked and the way that they're caged. So everything that we do is very intentional um, to bring the best whiskey to you. Our philosophy at 291 every day is to come in and make the best whiskey possible and sell the best whiskey possible and bring something unique to to you guys and every time that we say someone drinks 291 they're part of our family so they get to experience hard made the colorado way our family tradition beautiful bravo yeah. to that i Thank really you. like this barrel strength bourbon yeah. a lot it's really <laughs> what do you guys think you guys like this uh yeah. the barrel strength right pretty damn amazing beautiful stuff and where is the distillery located? You said Urbana? Is that where? Colorado Springs. Okay, Colorado Springs. Yeah, yeah. Colorado Springs. Um, so, Broadmoor area. Okay. There's a famous hotel there. Okay. It's, yeah. And you've since, you've upscaled. So, what is your, did I already ask you what your current still size is? Your, the biggest still you have? Yeah, 300 gallon. Okay, okay. Our, our stripping still is 1,500 gallon stripping still. Okay. We mash in. Um, because of grain and all that, we distill on the grist, so that means we keep the grain in there. Um, it's, we start with about a thousand gallons of water and it pushes it up to about 1200 gallons, and then we ferment that way and then strip down. Um, so, to how much from that 12,000, uh, 1200 gallon mash that you put into your still, how much you get off of that first run? So, we, we strip down to 250 uh, low wine. Uh, 70 uh, proof, 35%. And then we take that 250 gallons, put it in the finish still, and it comes to about 100 gallons at about 75%, 75%. So how many days total of work does it make, does it take you to make those two barrels Seven of Seven to eight, thank you. And, but it's actually not two barrels, it's 24 little barrels. Exactly. exactly. Wow, okay, yeah, you guys are doing things well, the hard way. That's, <laughs> it's, it's like, that's four barrels. Okay. Are so you... one one uh, yeah one day is is twelve barrels, but we marry the white dog before we put it in the um, barrel, so okay. that gives us twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. So that is funny. Are you guys starting to put whiskey in larger barrels now, or is ten gallon barrels the plan? Um. So uh, right now, ten gallons. Uh, cash flow, that's the biggest thing. Um, and, and we're doing well with what we're doing. We're, we are trying to expand into, or move into larger barrels, age it longer. We just, uh, Father's Day, released our first straight whiskey, uh, two years old, um, and we're working towards that because that was a phenomenal whiskey, or is a phenomenal whiskey. Um, we have some 30 gallon barrels, we have some 15s, we're moving, we have 153 traditional barrel that the whiskey's five years old in that, we taste it every once in a while. You're not gonna sell that we, Well, so at some point we, we'll probably staff. release it, but it's just fun. Hey, yeah, we, we have fun with our whiskey. We love to uh, 
uh, say, drink it. So when we're ready to drink it, we think everyone should drink it. Um, and and yes, it's special and it's fun, but we just we want we make it to be enjoyed. So you got to drink it. Um, and and speaking to the ten gallon barrel. Um, the reason uh, that we stay in the 10-gallon barrel a lot is our awards that we're winning. Yeah. We are beating every uh, guy out there that's a, a big industry person. And I think one of the my favorite awards to talk about is what's in your hand right now. Um, it won Whiskey of the World last year, Best Rye Whiskey from Whiskey Magazine out of London, uh, 2018 for the world category. It also won, obviously, America's category in 2018. And it won that same award in 2016. So we are really moving forward. San Francisco has given us double golds, both in the bourbon and the rye. So That's um, amazing. Yeah, look at all those crazy award stickers on there. These guys are... And those are blind, they're, they're blind tastings as well. Um, so it's nice. And then as far as a consumer standpoint, we just won two platinums from the SIP Awards uh, this year. So we're really up there with... The big names that you see on your bar over there, and so sure. we want to keep that tradition. So, Philip, what is this third whiskey we have in front of us now? This is Michael's flag. Well, not his flagship whiskey, because the next one is. But this is the barrel proof. I mean, the uh, Colorado rye whiskey single barrel. And um, this is why I work for Michael. Uh, five years ago, I was able to taste this for the first time in Colorado Springs. Uh, to me, it just I I took my first sip and I was like, I've never had anything like this rye whiskey before. It's 61% malted rye, 39% corn. And it goes through that same aging process in the 10-gallon virgin American white oak and aspen stave finished as well. To me, this just screams Colorado. Something totally unique. So when I started this, uh, Bill Owens of American Distilling Institute wrote a book that I read, and it talked about uh, pairing with a brewery to get your beer made and stuff like that. I didn't like the beer that was um, when it came off the still, so I didn't let them make my beer, I made my own, but they had really incredible yeast. So we still, to this day, crop yeast, uh, wet yeast off their tanks. Interesting. And use the yeast from Bristol Brewing Company in Colorado Springs. Oh, killer. So. And what kind of yeast is that? If, is it a Belgian thing, or is it a stout <laughs> yeast? Or, I can call them right now. Like, I've got this ubiquitous device. <laughs> All right, funny. fine. It's right. not a distiller's yeast. Okay. All right. We'll go there. Okay. How's that? It's, it's that a was, beautiful does beer that work? yeast. Yeah, yes. it's a okay. beautiful beer yeast, and so, it makes really good whiskey. All right, <laughs> Philip, help me out here, bro. Uh, <laughs> you're thinking all by yourself. <laughs> Come over here. I just let the whiskey speak for itself. I mean, taste it. Tell me what you guys think. Tell me what flavors. I don't even want to throw anything out. It's, Michael might. It's 101.7 proof. Um, the reason it's that is, so I was brand new at proofing down stuff, and and you like. You know, you can't take water out of whiskey once you put it in it and you proof it too low, it, it's horrible. Um, so I was trying to hit 100 proof. Uh, I like Rittenhouse Rye, which is 100 uh, bottled in bond. Um, and so I got to 101.6 and I'm like close enough for the first bottling of it. And this was White Dog actually. and. Um, and then I went to do it again a month later or whatever, and um, I proofed it down, and it hit 101.7 or 8, 101.8. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, good, we're keeping it at that. And so it stayed at that. 
the thing about that is hitting 101.8 every time is just as hard as hitting a 100. It just doesn't matter. You just can only put in so much water at a time. Yeah, so, and there's yeah. all kinds of elements that go into what's going to come off of the steel barometric pressure, yes. the weather, you know, Everything. so many things. So many things. And also, even how you add your proof water when you're proofing it down. Um, the slower you add it, the better. There's a lot. It's really amazing. I mean, when you just, if you take a bucket of water and pour it in whiskey, the whiskey, the molecules rub together and it gets hot. It's amazing. And so... They've if, actually, you could have an explosion from adding water to... Well, I don't know about that. Well, it, it, it'll... it'll, it, it'll it you gets, can have a, a very strong reaction. It can, yeah. I don't mean like it's a, a fire explosion, but you can cause a reaction that causes a big turbulent, yeah, a, a liquid turbulent. explosion. I'd, I'd say turbulent. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> what are you guys getting here? As you stick your nose in this, breathe in gently through your mouth. Peppermint, really? I'm getting like buttered popcorn, like really strongly buttered popcorn. Cheddar cheese chest mix. You're classy. <laughs> no, I'm, like, I'm kidding. No, I know. I you probably make it at home. I know you. You're like I've, I've got my own recipe. I don't buy it from the grocery store. Come on over. No, uh, that's really so a, a cheddar Czech mix. So there's a lot of like grain in there, and uh, is there a saltiness to it to you? No, it's more like the sort of funkiness that you get out of cheese with some like bread in the background. Nice. Okay, I like that. I like that. What else? What are you guys getting? Any more flavor notes ever? What are you getting, buddy? Cinnamon. Cinnamon again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The the rye. Raisins. Okay, I get that raisin in there for sure. A lot of uh, the rye, even in the white dog, the cinnamon, you know, no barrel to it. Uh, the cinnamon comes out a lot um, because of the rye. And mouthfeel. Yeah. So tap it over your tongue. How does that experience change? Tamarind. I was getting uh, something. I was trying to put my finger on something. It's like like sour, but like sweet too. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. And a little funk in there as well. Mm -hmm. Got to have a little funk. That's right. Come on now. Those are the those are the tails. <laughs> those are the tails. Yeah. So you so are you using the tails to dirt. bring it down to proof? Uh, no, no. We just um, it depends on where we run it on just the where still, you're making your tail and cut. it's where I made the cuts originally and. Um, I really like the graham cracker to me in this. Is I get so much graham cracker right at the end. That spice, that baking notes, shortbread almost, um, almost pushing into some stone fruits too, uh, depending on the barrel. You still get maple. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Lots but, of vanilla maple. Uh, yeah, the aspen pushing the caramel notes more maple, um, and and the rye, the rye malt. What's really interesting, and I didn't realize this. I didn't realize how sweet rye malt is until I made a hundred percent rye malt whiskey. So we have an experimental batch, our experimental label. It's called the E label. It's a big old E, gold E on it. And every batch, we've done six batches. Every batch is completely different. And the batch number three, and there are very few bottles of all this, batch number three was a hundred percent malt rye. And that whiskey is so sweet and different than anything I've ever drank. And it actually, Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible uh, gave us 96 points on that. Um, we have uh, seven liquid golds from Jim Murray. Um, barrel number two of this whiskey, so in 2013, um, barrel number two of the rye, he gave me 94 points. 
and said it was amazing whiskey. Wow. And so no age statements on any of this, but you do have a straight uh, bourbon. Straight bourbon now, and that would mean it would have to be at least two years. Yes. But how old is, is the rest of the stuff that we've been having um, tonight? About a year. A little over some, depends on uh, where we are. And when you talk about using smaller barrels, if you're using a 10-gallon barrel, then you can throw the whole age statement thing right out the window. So the time goes completely different. If you put a 10-gallon barrel and age it for 10 years, it's going to be just so incredibly over-oaked that no one would want to drink it. Probably all of it would be evaporated as well. Yes, but it also comes from, it's different things. It's really amazing how the barrel works and stuff like that. So it can be over-oaked, but every once in a while, those, there's some of those barrels that last forever and aren't over-oaked. And it's the type, the wood, the, the grain of the wood and stuff like that. But the most interesting thing about barrels for me um, that I've experimented with or been a part of is, you know, I've, um, I'm actually at one of the competitions, awards thing, I met Jeff Arnett, uh, master distiller of Jack Daniels. I have a, we had a family farm seven miles from Jack Daniels, so we hit it off. And I went to see him, and he took me into Rick House, and they talk about, you know, the bottom floor is cold, wet. Um, as you go higher and higher seven floors, it dries out. It gets like Colorado weather up there. So the different whiskeys age differently throughout the house. Well, in Colorado, I have a garage door in my my warehouse, like with windows and all, and I had um, nine barrels on a pallet, and so they um, are like four by four, 16 square feet, nine barrels, the exact same mash bill, exact same batch put into these nine barrels. And after a year, um, the barrel on the backside in the dark, um, the sun was hitting the front side, was 115 proof. The barrel on the corner over here was at 136 or 140, yeah. 138? Yeah, 138. Yeah. Um, and all of them were different and in that range, and they all tasted completely different. Amazing. Like the the, the, the 138 was really amazing, and the one just different mouthfeel and all that. And it's we're talking 16 square feet, and just the sun hitting it or not hitting it. And that was really uh, educational about barrels and how they react. And so, who's in charge of doing all the blending? Do you make it batch by so batch? So we don't do blend. You do it? We marry them. You're but, marrying. But, yeah, that's what I mean. But we don't even marry right now. So all our, even the single barrel or the the barrel proof are all one barrel each bo bottle. So I mean, like 60 bottles out of a barrel, but we don't marry any of them. Are some of our special releases. Um, we marry those, but that's about it. Are you planning on moving forward to be marrying? We, we have to with, have the, to with the 10 gallon barrel. So 10 gallon barrel, you're gonna harvest it and then you're gonna proof it down. And the, it's so labor intensive that, and as we're growing, we, we will have to marry. Um, and it, it won't change our whiskey. It'll just give it a more, um, I don't even know. It, it won't change it, I know that. So. And you're gonna be stewarding that flavor yes. profile as yes. you're doing batch by batch in terms of bottling? Exactly. And, and I have a, a distiller, Eric Jett, who actually I went to my first tasting ever. I'd been making whiskey for a month. And I brought White Dog and Fresh, and um, so clear whiskey. And it was at Stranahan's in their Rackhouse pub. And Eric worked for Stranahan's and all these other guys from Stranahan's came up and they were 
um, you know, wanted to taste the white whiskey and they tasted it and they were like, this is the best white dog we've ever had. You need to put that in a bottle. And I'm like, what, really? And they're like, yeah, this is amazing. And Eric sat there and told me all these notes in my whiskey. And I was like, he'll be my first hire. And he was. It took me two and a half, three, almost three years to hire him. But he is the one that runs all the stills now and um, keeps it going while I'm here talking to you guys. And you guys were saying that you run how many days a week are you running? Two your days stills? a week right now. And you're looking to get up to Hopefully five, five this days. Year? Uh, yeah, maybe. Hopefully well, by the end of the year. How can't run it more, more often Cash. than that? Okay. okay. Cash. Simple. Grain, you know, buying grain, buying barrels, stuff like that. So, Philip, what is this fourth mark that Stephanie just passed around for everyone? So, this is Michael's flagship. This is his 291 Colorado whiskey. You'll see the one difference about this label here. Uh, even though it's the rye whiskey you just had, uh, we don't have rye on the label. It just says Colorado whiskey because this is how Michael envisioned his whiskey to be enjoyed. It is that barrel proof. So this one is going to come out at 128. 28. Um, just like the bourbon, it's going to be a completely in my opinion, different whiskey right now. It's the same thing, right? But your flavor profiles, your mouth feels, all of that is just going to be elevated. Uh, once again, um, just the nose even on this one is so different if you go back and forth, just like that bourbon. But um, what are you guys getting yeah. as you stick your nose in this glass? This is the barrel strength rye, yes? Mm -hmm, it, correct. Yeah. And so uh, with rye, it's usually spicy, which this is very spicy. Um, but also, um, so it's 61% malt rye, 39% corn. And that heavy corn gives a really nice sweetness. Also, the malt rye gives a really nice sweetness to this whiskey. Um, I, I set out to make rye whiskey. I love rye whiskey. My favorite before I made my own was Thomas Handy, which is an amazing yeah. rye. Yeah, right? And um, so uh, now I make rye whiskey and I love my rye. Um, it's just really, it's, it's really beautiful, bold, and, and nice to be drinking it. It's like Colorado. Colorado is really beautiful, bold. You know, we say, uh, for me, rugged, refined, rebellious. Um, kind of who I am so right on sounds like it tastes good cheers um, yeah what are you guys getting as you tap it over your tongue cheers cheers oh yeah yeah that sweetness on the end of your on the finish just keeps getting sweet yeah I get a hay note at the front but like something really dense like a hard candy sugar like a root beer hard candy yeah you know it's really intense what are you guys getting back there Caramel green apple, beautiful. Do you know those charms, uh, pops, the sour apple covered in caramel, like what, at Halloween? I love having those in our tasting room at Halloween because to me it's very similar. You, you get that crisp, you get that fruit, you get that floral, and then it all comes back with spice and caramel, and it's really fun. And so, as this is the, the kind of the, the top of the flight here, how much would this bottle cost me at my local liquor store? One hundred five ninety nine wow. to one hundred fifteen, depending. Um, like I said, where you're at. There, there's a, a little bit bigger of a range here in California, just depending on the market. And so that's because of barrel proof. So yeah, the, totally. the barrel proof bourbon is the same price. Yeah. Um, it's not because it's the flagship. It's just because it's one hundred twenty eight proof. Not as many bottles come out of that barrel. 
and and those 10 gallon barrels are the same price as that 53 gallon barrel yeah so it makes it's, sense it's i get it it's expensive to make uh, absolutely <laughs> Well, cheers to you guys. Thank cheers. you for coming out tonight. Thank you for you having guys us. You guys have Thank any you. other questions for Philip and Michael from 291? I'm Azeem's already feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget. Drink to remember. Remember.